Hello everyone, welcome to our service. Uh, thank you for joining us on our streaming. Uh, we want to bow our hearts in prayer as we commence the service to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we invoke your presence today. We thank you for your blessings upon our lives. We thank you, Lord, for the spirit of grace and supplication whom you have given to us to the church. Lord, as we stand on the sacred desk and as we come before heaven, Lord, we open our hearts to you in repentance. We come and the blood of Christ will cleanse and purify us and Father God sanctify us. Let our ears be tuned to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us in the church at this point in time. We lay aside those things that would easily beset us and we look looking on to Jesus Christ who is the author and finisher of our faith. We ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and for his glory. Amen. This afternoon we want to turn or reading to the book of Romans, chapter 6, reading from verse 12 to verse 23. Therefore, do not let sin exercise dominion in your mortal bodies to make you obey their passions. No longer present your members to sin as instruments of wickedness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and present your members to God as instruments of righteousness for sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law but under grace what then should we sin because we are not under law but under grace by no means do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or obedience, which leads, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that you have, having once been slaves of sin, have become obedient on, from the heart to the form of teaching to which you were entrusted, and that you having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. I am speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you were once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to greater and greater iniquity, so now present your members as, as slaves to righteousness for sanctification. When you were slave to sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. So what advantage did you then get from the things of which you are now ashamed? The end of those things is death. But now that you have been freed from sin and enslaved to God, the advantage you get is sanctification. The end is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. May God add the blessing to the, and attachment to the reading of his holy word. Today as we read this text, it is clear that the Apostle Paul is talking about a sanctified life. And so I want to join him and this name, naming my message, the sanctified life. Among the many, many noble and magnificent doctrines of the Pauline teachings 
and the apostolic teachings, namely justification, which means to be made righteous, to be made whole, or to, to be declared righteous before God. Adoption, where Paul in Ephesians, in Ephesians talks about to the Romans, we have been adopted into the family of God. We who were once strangers and foreigners to the commonwealth of Israel and to the kingdom of God, when Jesus Christ came into our lives, you and I were adopted into the family of God. We no more outside the pale of God's plan and God's salvation. We were that wild olive branch that was grafted in by God the Father through His Son Jesus Christ and the working of the Holy Spirit. And also you have the doctrine of baptism, which is a fundamental doctrine of Christ and His teaching, John the Baptist. Then the doctrine of salvation, which embodies all, all of the graces of God by which we are saved, by which we are blessed, by which we are sanctified, by which we are a part of the kingdom of God, the new birth. And then the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. These are many of the noble doctrines that, that the Apostle Paul taught and are found in the, in the Pauline teachings and also in the Apostolic teaching of Peter and James and John. So among these noble doctrines is one called sanctification, which is close to justification. Now, what is sanctification? When Paul, Paul is writing to the Roman Christians, the, the Roman Christians were once involved in immorality, the worship of false deities. They give their bodies over to adulteries and fornication and, and, and sexual immoralities. It was, it was the thing of the day. Uh, it's, not, it's not new like what we've seen happening today. It happened way back in Rome. So when, when these Christians came to Christ, they, some of them uh, probably were going back into the lifestyle. And so Paul had to write to correct that situation. Now, um, sanctification. What, what is sanctification? Sanctification simply means it, it's, it, it is synonymous with holiness. And it, 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 it carries two connotations. It carries one is to, is to be separated from sin. And number two, it is separated on to God. So one is separated from sin, and number two, it, it is also to be separated unto God, or to be holy, holy unto God, and holy in our lifestyle. So simply holiness simply means a separation unto God. In the Old Testament, vessels were called holy. And people were called holy. Why were they holy? Because they were separated unto God. Samson was called holy because he was separated unto God at birth. So when Paul is addressing the subject of sanctification, the, the doctrine of sanctification, and we must bear in mind that it, it is not just a doctrine because so many times um, churches get tied up and wrapped up in in, in doctrines where the, where the letter supersedes the spirit, as Paul addressed in Corinthians. And so they, they get tied up in the, in the letter of doctrines without living. See, because doctrine without living is simply what it is. It's just teachings without practice. So Paul is addressing the Roman church 
the church at Rome, and by extension, he is addressing us today in the 21st century. Now, if you look across the, 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 the church world, the spectrum, the wide, the wider church in the 21st century, and we are seeing the collapse of these doctrines. We are seeing the abuse of these doctrines. We are seeing the rejection of these doctrines, especially the doctrine of sanctification, because it deals with holiness. It deals with a holy lifestyle. It deals with a holy heart. It deals with a holy attitude before God, separated unto God, and also se separated from sin. So in this chapter we read, in this, in the 12th, from the 12th verse and 23rd verse, we, we notice some things here very clear. Paul talked about sin, which is the opposite of righteousness. He talked about obedience, which leads to life. He talks about disobedience, that leads to death. He talks in, in the earlier verses, he talks about we are buried with him in baptism and we are raised in resurrection, in newness of life. He dealt with law. The law brings bondage, but grace brings freedom. Grace produces freedom. He dealt with the servant of sin. He who commits sin, he says, is the servant of sin. But he who commits righteousness, he who is enslaved to righteousness, he who is attached to righteousness. Now, what is righteousness? It simply means right standing with God and right living before God. And so we are seeing in, in the last days and times in which we live, we, we are seeing an unholy lifestyle that has crept into the church. We are seeing modernism creeping into our teachings. And when I say our, I'm talking about the body of Christ in general, not just the Lutheran church. I'm talking about the, 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 the ecclesia of God, the, the call-out church of Jesus Christ. We are seeing, we are seeing distasteful dressing. We are seeing distasteful opinion. We are hearing teachings from the pulpits that are contrary to scripture. We are seeing and hearing the doctrine of materialism, which, 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 which teaches that that God expects us to prosper if we serve him. I mean, he expects us to have 10 homes and 10 cars and 10 houses at the expense of holiness. So people are gravitating. And Paul said that in the last days by the Holy Spirit. He said, the Spirit speaketh expressly, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. In the latter days, in the last days, in the end of days, many shall depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. And so we need men today and women of God on the pulpit who will stand up and speak the truth in the face of compromise, in the face of decline, in the face of, of challenges that, 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 that betrays and contradict the word of God. So he dealt with if servant, if you serve God, if you serve God, righteousness will be the result. But if you serve sin and Satan, it will produce ungodliness and unrighteousness. 
He mentioned about yieldedness. He, he said, to whom you yield, he said, so he said, yield your members. Talking about the body, the mind, the thoughts, the hand, the feet, your body. Romans chapter 12, he would say that, that be not conformed to this world, but be transformed, be changed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. He's dealing with mind transformation. And mind transformation begins when the word of God infiltrates our minds and infiltrates our thoughts. So he's talking about, he's, he's saying to the church at Rome and to us by extension, he's saying that now that you came out of darkness, now that you who were once darkness, you are light. So you must not live anymore in darkness. You must not give your members anymore to fornication and to adultery and to idolatry. You must not use your mind to vain imaginations and darken thoughts. He's saying, but you must yield your members. And by extension, he's talking to us. Yield your members as instruments of righteousness unto God, the same way instruments are being played in a church, in a band, in music. Every piece plays a part, but that piece cannot be played unless somebody plays it. So what he's saying is that your members and my members, they are all instruments before God. And when you and I give our minds to God, God can take our minds and speak through our minds. When we give our hands to God, God can take our hands and bless our neighbors and bless those who are in need and bless those who need help. God can take our feet and we can take the gospel with our feet and God can take our bodies and God can take our hearts and God can take our mouths and our lips and instead of, of saying things that are contrary to God that will breathe the Holy Spirit of God because Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4 he says grievous words will grieve the Holy Spirit that's how the Holy Spirit is grieved he said, because he said grieve not the Holy Spirit Ephesians 4 and, and verse 30 grieve not the Holy Spirit he said and these things happen when, because of evil speaking and evil communication that proceed out of the mouth of God's people. So he's dealing here with a yielded life. Now as I come to the whole aspect of sanctification, I notice that there are three things about sanctification. There are three different types of sanctification. One is positional sanctification. What is that? What, Pastor, what are you talking about? Simply means that in Christ, positionally, when Jesus died, positionally, you and I were sanctified by that one sacrificial offering on the cross. You and I were set apart when Christ died on that cross. And we can find that in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 10, 14, and verse 29. For by one offering, has he perfected once and for all those who come to God? So what Paul is saying here in, in this aspect of sanctification is that we no more have to go through the rituals of the law. We don't no more have to offer up 
the blood of bullocks and calves and goats every year because those things are done away with in Christ. And so the whole book of Hebrews is dedicated to that to show that Jesus was superior to the high priest. He was superior to angels. He was superior to, to everything that existed. He has a more excellent name. So by one offering, with the offering of his flesh, of his own body, has he entered into the holies of holies to present the blood before his father. And as he entered the holies of holies into the inner court of God, that, that, that middle wall of partition, the Bible says the veil of the temple was rent from top to bottom. It was split from there's no more Jew, there's no more Gentile, so that you and I are no more shut out from God's presence, but we have access by his blood into the presence of God. So that's what Paul called positional sanctification. So in Christ, we're sanctified. We're not sanctified by our good works. We're not made holy by our holy or our desires and ambitions, but we are made holy by the blood of Christ, by the gift of Christ, justification, to, to be declared righteous in Christ. Romans chapter 1, we, we have been declared righteous by God. That's what Martin Luther saw in all of his struggles, in all of his darkness, uh, that the believer does not have to wrestle and fight for salvation because it's already won. It's a free gift. So when we come to Christ, we accept that free gift in our lives and we are sanctified once and for all. So that's what we call positional sanctification. Then number two, we have progressive sanctification. It's a process as that we go through from salvation, from conversion, we grow into the fullness of Christ. As we come to Christ, we are babies. And so we have to become mature. It's growing into righteous living. That's what it simply means. It means that we make mistakes. We sin. Because the word of God said, if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and the truth is not in us. John. So Paul is saying, as we come to Christ, Hebrews chapter 1, he says, though we come to Christ, we must leave the elementary doctrines of Christ, meaning washings and, 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 and the types that were to come. But now that the antitype is here, who is Christ? He's saying, don't go back in Hebrews. Don't go back to the law. Don't go back to, to, to the teaching that will lead you and enslave into bondage because all the Lord does. It reveals who we are. It reveals our nakedness, our heart. It reveals our sin. But the Lord is powerless to bring, take us further. That's where the gospel comes in. The Lord convicts and the gospel saves. The gospel of Christ saves. So when we talk of progressive sanctification, we talk about growing into spiritual maturity. Romans 6 and 13. Then 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, Paul said, present that, we, that your entire spirit, soul, and body must be presented before God. 1 Peter 1, 16, Hebrews 6, 1 and 2, we must go on to perfection. That's what he's talking about. What, what he's talking about, what perfection? That perfection is sanctification. Go on to spiritual maturity. 
We must grow in love. We must grow in holiness. We must grow in faith. We must grow in the deep things of God. So leaving the first principles of the doctrine of Christ, which I think is the most important part of, of sanctification, it means as we yield, that's what he's saying, he's saying yield your members daily. Romans 12, present your bodies a living sacrifice. We have a human part to play. We can't purify ourselves, but we have a part to play in that we yield our bodies. We give our bodies over to him so we can be sanctified daily in our lives by the working of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. And I believe that, that, that progressive sanctification needs to be addressed again in the body of Christ in the last days in which we live because uh, there are all kinds of loose living creeping into the church from the pulpit down to the pew. We have apostasy on the pulpit and we have apathy in our pews. We have religion, we have tradition, but not a reality of salvation, not a relationship with God. And Paul says in the last days, men should have a form of godliness, but denying the power of holiness, the power of right living. I pray today that the Holy Spirit would continue to work in the heart of the church and work in our lives so we can be drawn closer to him as we live a sanctified life on the last the last aspect of sanctification is what we call ultimate. Theologians call ultimate or perfect sanctification. And this takes place at the return of Christ. As we struggle in progressive sanctification, the Spirit of God is working on the purposes of God in our own lives and all of the ups and downs and all of the challenges we face in all of the crises we face. God is taking those things because it's all a part of His plan until ultimately, ultimately, when Jesus burst the clouds and returned to establish His kingdom, that's when, that's when ultimate or perfect sanctification takes place when our bodies become immortalized at the resurrection and we shall be changed and this corruption shall put on incorruption and this mortal shall put on immortality and we shall all rise to meet him because and right there and then we have a glorified body like the Lord Jesus Christ. We are a, a body that sin no more, a body that feels pain no more, a body that doesn't feel pressure, no worry, no anxiety. That's ultimate perfection. But before we get there, we first have to establish the force too. Positionally, we are in Christ. That's how we see ourselves tonight. And then progressive is as we allow the Holy Spirit tonight to deal with us in all of our weaknesses, in all our flaws, in all of our challenges, in all of our difficulty. I close with a story. Michelangelo, the great painter, artist, um, was well known in well known in Europe. And um, one day, somebody was passing passing through a heap of rubbish, and they saw a piece of stone. And they, they heard the stone crying, and they asked, why are you crying? And he said, the stone said, Michelangelo just passed by, and, my, and Michelangelo has gone for his chisel because he's, he's, he's going to make me into an angel. 
That's who we were. We were stone. We were rubbish before Jesus came and took his brush and he paints us and he recreates us in him. And out of that rubbish, out of that mess, he makes us a message and a messenger of his grace, like the Apostle Paul. So I pray today that we would become, as we are that rubbish, we are that stone in the rubbish, in the rubble, that God would take our messed up lives and make it into an angel and make it into a messenger and make it into a mess that we can bring hope, hope in this time of despair and darkness. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight. We surrender to you. We hand over, Lord, the struggles of our lives. We hand over those parts in us that are not yet surrendered to you. We pray that your spirit and by your word that you will continue to perfect us, continue to, to bring the image of Christ in us and to develop that image in us until we come into the fullness of the stature of the Son of God, as the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4, until we grow into the measure, into maturity this afternoon with you. Help all of us here today in our deficiencies. Help us in our challenges. Help us even with the sin that easily beset us, Father. Cleanse us and purify us, we pray. Lord, I pray, take time to pray for the shut-ins. I take time to pray for our elderly not only in our own local assembly, but Lord, in other assemblies, in the nursing homes. I pray for their families. I pray for loved ones, Lord, who are now having the opportunity to go out, even though it's not fully open. Lord, today we thank you for the small graces and opportunities that you have given to us over the past weeks. And we pray we continue to pray that, that they become more open until everything goes back to the way that you would have it to be, Father, in all of our churches. Strengthen the weak, encourage the discouraged, bless the saved, and save the lost. We ask, we pray for our nations, our leaders again, because we are commanded to pray for them. We pray you will touch them, give them wisdom and grace. We pray for peace, we pray for civil obedience and civil peace where there is unrest, and when there is threats and deaths, we pray that the sovereign grace of God will rule over all of these evils in our society, Lord. And that the kingdom of God will rule over, over, and over all these darkness, all these evil, and all these situations. I pray for the sick in our congregation. I pray for those, Lord, who are bedridden. I pray for those, Lord, who need encouragement. The Spirit of God will descend upon them and bring comfort and strength and healing. For I ask it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and for his glory. Amen. Thank you for giving us, let us bow our hearts for the benediction. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God be dominion, majesty, power, and glory. Amen.
Give me 